For an inside look at the state's biggest footy league, it's the Monday Waffle. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Monday Waffle, Round 8 edition. I'm Jesse Donnelly-Jones, joined by Connor Malice. Connor, welcome, mate. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. I tell you what, it's been a phenomenal round of football, hasn't it? And uh, your mob falling just short at the Wacker against East Fremantle in what was no doubt the game of the round. And Swan Districts getting over the line in a very close one too over in Bassendine and a few other mixed results over the weekend. But we'll start off at the Wacker there, Connor. East Fremantle taking on West Perth and East just getting over the line. But boy, what a belter of a game that was. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, tad upset that the Falcons didn't get up. But, geez, hasn't East Frio taken us by storm? Just came out of absolute nowhere. And, you know, we were talking at the beginning of the year, Jesse, and with Tom as well, where we were saying, you know, Sharks could be the, the one nibbling into the four. And, yeah, they've absolutely cemented their spot in the top four and cementing themselves in uh, the number one spot. Well, yeah, and I mean, they deserve to be there now, don't they? I mean, that one bad loss back in round one, against Peel, where they fell away in the fourth and then falling just short to South Fremantle a couple of weeks ago. But other than that, I mean, they have just been outstanding. They are, without a doubt, the number one team in the competition right now. They've knocked off West Perth. They've knocked off Subiaco very convincingly. They've just beaten everyone in their path, and they are no doubt looking like the team to beat. Cody Leggett just absolutely killing it up forward. Five goals for the game, 23 disposals to go with those five majors. Cameron Eadley, 32 disposals there for the Sharks. And Thomas Bennett, isn't he playing outstanding footy? 27 touches for the home side there. And Shane Nelson, who's uh, performed very well for the Falcons all year, racking up 28 disposals. But we'll go over to Bassendine now, Connor, and the Swan Districts, well, they uh, they finally managed to hold on in the fourth quarter for once, eh? Absolutely. Um, Peel of Thunder looked pretty strong all the way up until, you know, that first half coming out nice and strong, really taking control of the footy. The Swans kind of taking um, some quick, uh, easy goals from some turnovers, but really starting to capitalise in, in that last half where Peel of Thunder just couldn't hold on. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at the score breakdown. They were trailing at half time. They were down by 14 points. Peel Thunder, they were struggling to score. I mean, that was the big thing. It was three goals, three to five goals, five at half time. So they'd had six scoring shots in two quarters of football. You thought, where are the goals going to come from in that second half? And kicking four in the third, five in the fourth quarter, just storming home. And yeah, you just, it was a. It was a gutsy win by the Swans, wasn't it? It was similar to when they knocked off Claremont earlier in the season where Claremont looked to have their number midway through that third term. But then the Swan Districts, they, they just held on when you, you know, to be brutally honest, when, when you didn't think they would. Absolutely. And I've spoken to the boys on Sports FM and we were discussing how Peel of Thunder and even for West Coast, it's going to be so difficult trying to structure up a... Um, structure up a team that's constantly chopping and changing. So, you know, when normally, let's say, for a normal team that has their set players, if things start going down downhill, they all know what they're all about, so they can kind of rely on each other. But when you got a team like Peel, where it's like, well, this week we don't have so-and-so, and, like, who are we going to rely on now? It's a bit tough to, when you're back up against the wall, it's hard to come back from that. 
It's been a big week too for the uh, tall forwards, hasn't it? I mean, Christopher Jones for the Swans, booting five goals. Ben Middleton for the Peel Thunder, kicking three, along with Guy Barnes as well there for the uh, for the Mandurah team. It was just a it, it was a real tough, hard, gritty game of football. There was just ebbs and flows all throughout the game. Jesse Turner, I mean, my God, he's he's looking like a Sandover Medal favourite at the moment, isn't he? I mean, forty touches for the Swans there, and uh, Connor Blakely, I mean, God, he's, he's playing about as well as he possibly can for a call-up with the Dockers, isn't he? 38 touches. Yeah, as, as we said countless times, where do you put him? Yep. <laughs> where do you put him? Yeah. Um, also, two Quecks, uh, Civic Quek uh, from East Perth has made his debut with the Phil uh, Thunder this week, joining uh, signing with Freo in the mid-season, so he came in and kicked his first goal. Yeah, that was outstanding, wasn't it? It's it's sort of funny, isn't it? These blokes who get picked up in the mid-season draft because you sort of know that they're not really going to get called up straight away. But it's it's essentially just going from one waffle team to another, isn't it? But nonetheless, like being on a, an AFL list is obviously um, the the ultimate. So good uh, first game there by Sebert Kuek, as you mentioned there, and uh, the Claremont Tigers, Connor. Now. It was it was interesting watching this. I saw this game on Saturday, and the West Coast Eagles, you know, they came out of the blocks. They were really strong. They were two goals up at quarter time there. They were down by three points. Claremont got their act together a little bit in that second quarter, ended up taking the lead into half time. But uh, only nine points the difference at three-quarter time. You thought, gee whiz, West Coast might be a chance here, but Claremont just showing their class in the end. Yeah, absolutely. We did think it was going to be a scalp. You know, we've been talking that Eagles really need a scalp, but when you have someone like Liam Ryan, Dom Shee, Petrucelli, and Willie Rioli, you would have thought this might have been the round. And Dom Shee, despite his form recently, you know, coming back and getting 34 disposals, really starting to show that he can come back up into the uh, Eagles side and that he's fit and healthy to come back. Yeah, and you look at that midfield too for Claremont there, Connor. Uh, Bailey Rogers, 35. Ryan Lim, 34. Jai Bolton, 29. I mean, the list goes on. Declan Mountford in the 20s too. That's just a well-oiled machine, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it makes you pretty concerned about how, you know, you've got some big AFL names in there, you know, a lot from the Eagles premiership side and they can't put away a waffle team. Pretty nerve-wracking, isn't it, for the West Coast? It's it's not the best, is it? I mean, obviously, it's it's been a horror year for the West Coast, both in the AFL and in the Waffle. But uh, some of those premiership players that you mentioned there, Connor, uh, Dom Sheed uh, playing for the Eagles Reserves, 34 disposals. Do you think he's uh, deserving of a call-up now into Adam Simpson's squad? Well, I don't see why not. I mean, the Eagles haven't got anything to lose. So, <laughs> I mean, what's the, what's the risk that they're taking, really, at the end of the day? Yeah, exactly right, eh? And uh, worth mentioning too there, Connor, uh, the son of a gun for Claremont, Zach Mainwaring booting two goals and collecting seven disposals for the Claremont Tigers there. Again, not stuffing up the, sh- the stat sheet a whole lot, but you can certainly see the talent that he has there and you can certainly see him playing a lot more league football throughout this uh, second half of the season. Now, crossing over, well, actually, we had one more game on the Saturday there, didn't we, Connor? So Perth taking on Subiaco. Subiaco, they've got the monkey off the back. 14-point win over Perth and uh, just sort of keeping their season alive. Yeah, I'm still not really convinced, though, if I'm honest, Jesse. I mean, I know Perth are due a scout, but I think both teams have been playing and 
lapses all year. And, you know, I think Subi had, was switched on in that first quarter, then died off in the second quarter and came back to the third and died off again at the last. I mean, I managed to watch a bit of the game and just watching each other, it just seemed like the first quarter belonged to Subi and then Perth came out firing and then dropped off and then Subi came back out after half time. It's, I mean, great for Subiaco to get the confidence back up, but I don't really think their confidence is going to be back until they really get up over a top four or five side right now. Well, I mean, you you look at the ladder now, uh, Connor, and obviously you, you've got your powerhouses there, East Fremantle, West Perth, Claremont. Those seem to be the big three at the moment. And then obviously you can never discount the Bulldogs who are sitting in fourth. But Subiaco, with all that being said, there are only two games. Obviously, their percentage isn't great, but two games out, I mean, gee whiz, the next four to five weeks, if they can win about four of their next five games, I mean, you'd think that would have to be the bare minimum. They can they can just stick around there, can't they? Well, look, I don't. right now, I don't see them making the top five, if I'm honest. I reckon they could punch for six, but at the rate that they're playing, they still have the potential for sure, but I don't see them making the top five. Well, I mean, I suppose they'll they'll have to have a good run with. Obviously, they cannot afford any injuries. I mean, they haven't. Not not to suggest that they've had a bad run because they haven't. I mean, they've had most of their squad on deck, so they've just been struggling to uh, to get the wins on the board. But Stefan Giro there, thirty four disposals for the Lions. Lock on Dale Hunty, thirty disposals to go along with uh, twenty one hitouts. Just a phenomenal performance there and Christian Carey kicking three goals for the Demons in that one and uh, going over to Monday South Fremantle getting the job done against the Royals 11 points at Leaderville Oval and uh, it was a it was an ugly game of football wasn't it Connor? It was I mean although the Bulldogs did take home the win they really lost it because Jake Florenko is out with a with a hamstring injury at the moment in the last half of the season and you know the doggies sitting, what are they sitting fourth at the moment? You know, they really need to try and start securing their spot in that top four. But, you know, with the main disposal winner with Florenka, you're, you're wondering how the Bulldogs are going to pull it off. It's a massive loss for them, isn't it? I mean, losing Jake Florenka in that midfield, probably being a top three midfielder in the competition this season. With that being said, though, Toby McQuilkin picking up the slack for for South there, 42 disposals. Hayden Schloyth getting 24, which is typically what you see from the veteran there. And it, it was a well-rounded performance. I mean, Angus Scott for the Royals, he got 40 himself. But, um, yeah, it was just one of those wins that you sort of put in the bank and uh, you sort of move on to the next week because it, uh, it probably wasn't the best, best showing for either side. No, not at all. But, I mean, yeah, as we said, the doggies holding on for a win and you know four points on the board is all that matters doesn't matter how you get it it's just four points on the board yeah worth mentioning too there Connor just going back to that Claremont and West Coast game the number one pick in the mid-season draft in the AFL uh, making his debut for the Eagles reserves Jai Cully uh, 10 disposals and um, you know sort of looked okay in bits and pieces obviously a bit of a quiet game than probably what you'd expect. But yeah, he's got his first game under his belt there. So no doubt we'll be seeing a lot more of him throughout the season. But going back to East Fremantle, Connor, now there was an article in the West Australian yesterday about the Sharks and how if they do make finals, which you dare say they will at this point, that the Wacker ground will not be available. So it obviously ties in with the 
the other commitments that the Wacker has, uh, particularly the cricket. But where do you think East Fremantle, if they can't play at the Wacker, which is what it's uh, shaping up to be right now, if you had to pick one, if you were in charge of the Sharks and you had one ground to pick, where would you go? Well, it would be silly not to try and suggest Optus Stadium, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, you know, I mean, grand finals played there, so the amount of um, turf time you can get there with the boots on the field, um, I reckon they would be trying to push for that. But realistically, I'm not too sure, if I'm honest. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because it's sort of just come out of the blue, hasn't it? I mean, you, you would have thought that the Wacker ground would have been available. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, trying to tee up Optus for a final, I think, makes sense because if they had to pick any other ground, it'll be a home ground for, you know, whichever team they play. Although you could pick Mineral Resources Park, doesn't look at this point like the Demons or the Eagles will be playing finals football at this stage. So if you're thinking about not giving the other team a home ground advantage, then you'd probably think trying to find one of the home grounds of the teams that didn't make the top five might be the way to go. But we'll move on to round nine and uh, give our predictions. It's shaping up to be a, uh, a good weekend of footy there. Obviously, East Fremantle taking on Claremont. That's going to be the game of the round, no doubt. But we'll start off with the curtain raiser at Optus on Saturday. West Coast Reserves taking on the Subiaco Lions and... Uh, well, I'd ask who you've got, Connor, but uh, how much do you think Subi will win by? You know what? I've said it. Um, I think Eagles are due for a scalp, if I'm honest, Jesse. Going with the Eagles? Um, yeah, I might tip the Eagles this round just to go a bit left field. I mean, we saw their potential against Claremont, holding them off for almost, you know, three quarters. The only There was only, what, seven points in it at um, three-quarter yeah. time going into the fourth. So, I mean... Subiaco aren't playing some great footy at the moment. And as I said, they're playing in patches. And if the Eagles can hold four quarters of footy together, I reckon they might be a scout at home too. So this could be the one that might, you know. Jeez, be, yeah. Look, big, big call there, mate. I mean, obviously, what, what you said about Subi's on the money, they've been playing in patches. But with that being said, I think we've seen in a lot of Eagles games this year that it only takes one quarter for a team to just blow them out of the park. They often start games well. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles were in front at quarter time, perhaps leading midway through the second. But uh, I think ultimately Subiaco will just be too strong for the Eagles reserves there. And the big one at the Wacker Connor, East Fremantle taking on Claremont. First versus third, who have you got? Oh, it's got to be a tough one. I mean, East Freo just been playing some great footy. Depending on Claremont right now, they might have their ego a little bit hurt being checked up by West Coast, but at the same time too, they could get down to the training track this week and really try and iron out those kinks that they had on the weekend. But I think East Freo at home might be pretty tough to beat. Yeah, I agree there, Connor. I think uh, the WAC has become their fortress. It's a real shame that they're not going to be able to play finals football there because they definitely deserve to be playing on their home deck, which is what the Wacker is for the Sharks this year. But yeah, I'm with you, mate. I think they'll be too strong for Claremont and I think they'll continue on their winning ways. Going down to Mantra, the Peel Thunder taking on the Royals. Who have you got? Um, I'm going to tip Peel this week, mate. Peel? Um, Just because I think East Perth, although they had a tough loss to South, they did play really well. I think Peel might just come out with a bit more of an edge this week. Yeah, I mean, the Royals were very gutsy against the Bulldogs on Monday. You expect them to 
play with a lot of grit and a lot of fight against the Thunder. But yeah, I just think there's too much talent in that Peel lineup. Uh, you know, you look at the list of AFL players that they've got in their squad. They've now got some younger blokes coming through who are playing sensational, particularly those young draftees from Fremantle. I think they'll be too strong for the Royals, and I think they'll get it done. Uh, West Perth. Be, uh, interesting to see how Quet goes up against his old former teammates too, see how they respond to that. Yeah, that'll be interesting too. I mean, it, you wouldn't think there's been... You dare say there wouldn't be a lot of bad blood. I mean, we've we've seen the video of his teammates getting around him when he got drafted, and obviously they would have known that that would have meant a, a change of waffle teams for him. But having said that, it's a fair game out on the field, and, and you know... You, uh, you wouldn't blame the Royals boys for just, uh, you know, trying to put him off his game a little bit because he is a very influential player. But the West Perth Falcons taking on the Swan Districts in West Perth. Well, uh, I'm, I'm guessing you're going with the Falcons on this one. Yeah, but I think it's just, you know, a tough loss coming against uh, East Frio this week from the Falcons. They're going to have something to prove and want to get back on the four points and really show everyone that they're back in, you know, deserving to be in that second spot. And Swanee's sitting fifth. They would want to be really coming out and trying to make sure they cement themselves in that top five and trying to get a couple games clear from six and seven. Yeah, I'm going to go the upset here, Connor. I think the Swan Districts will beat West Perth. I think they're uh, they're playing some pretty good footy at the moment. I think that win over the Peel Thunder was very impressive, and I think they've shown you know signs of what they can do throughout the year. They haven't been consistent. But when you've seen their performances against Claremont and against the Peel Thunder last week, I think when they're at their best, I think they're capable of matching it with anyone. And I think they'll get it done against the Falcons. And the final game of the round there, Connor, South Fremantle taking on Perth at Fremantle Oval. And, uh, well, I'll let you start with this one because uh, my prediction might not be the uh, the most credible. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting. I want to... I mean... I think South are going to win. They're going to win. But it's going to be difficult without Florenka, I reckon. Um, depends how the Perth side shuts down the rest of the midfield. Obviously, they would have been preparing and saying, well, one of us needs to tag Florenka this game. And now they're like, well, who's the main ball getter for South going to be? And, yeah, I guess now Perth might have that extra midfielder and they might just try and run over the top of them straight away. Those midfielders at Perth, they've been gathering big numbers over the last month or so. I mean, it hasn't culminated into wins, but they certainly got a lot of talent in their engine room there. But uh, look, I think this is a real opportunity for South here. I mean, they're behind on percentage to Claremont, West Perth and East Fremantle, also a game behind those teams as well. But eventually those teams are bound to lose one. And I think this is a real opportunity for South to try and boost their percentage. I think they're going to put in a full fourth quarter effort. I don't think they're going to want to drop off because this should be a game that they try to win and win well and try and sort of bridge the gap percentage-wise against those teams that are ahead of them. And I think they'll uh, they'll put in a very strong fourth qu- four-quarter effort. And I think they uh, they could be in for a, uh, you know, seven, eight-goal win if, if they put in the full four-quarter performance. No, you're absolutely right, Jesse. They do have something to prove here. And, I mean, I think both sides do. And, you know, we can't say enough. It's halfway through the season, and this is where all the gears need to start turning properly for most of these teams. It's been a sensational year so far, hasn't it, Connor? I mean, we're going to reach the midway point in a couple of weeks, and you look at the, the difference from first to sixth, 
and there's two games separating them. I mean, it's just it's crazy to think how close this competition's been, particularly with the upper echelon teams. Absolutely, and that's one thing we discussed at the very beginning. We were hoping that it would be a close battle between all 10 squads. I mean, obviously, there's always going to be a few outliers down the bottom trying to regroup and come back into the waffle. But, yeah, the top eight even, all within a couple games of making it to the top side. So, yeah, it's a great great round of footy and great year for footy in, in WA. And I'm excited to see what's left in store for the next eight rounds. It's been sensational, hasn't it? And uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we'll revisit our predictions that we had at the beginning of the year. We'll also see whether we're sticking with those predictions or if they've changed. I dare say for a couple of us, they probably have. We'll have to wait and see, but we'll have that in a couple of weeks' time once we reach the halfway mark of the year. But, uh, Connor, it's, it's been good having a chat, mate, and uh, plenty of good waffle footy ahead. Absolutely, mate. Till next week. There you have it, round eight edition of the Monday Waffle. Tune in for next week. It's going to be a belting weekend of football, some cracking games coming up. So thank you for tuning in and chat to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Monday Waffle, proudly brought to you by the students from ECU Broadcasting. 